Hello and welcome to Greeter Shop First. My name is James. This is Marco Sparks. Welcome back, Marco. How are you doing? Back. Doing good. Uh, apparently, let's say it, Andor is, Andor is so fucking good that we didn't wait six episodes. I just felt like we needed to do a check-in after that latest arc. You know, it was, yeah. it was like a standalone and then a three-episode arc. There'll be a two-arc finale, but yeah, there's there's just so much. I feel like this would get lost if we waited till the finale, you know. But it's it's so fucking good. I mean, really like, should be doing like every week on the show, but you know, yeah. Um and and it amazes me because I fucking hate prison stories, and this was so good. Really? Why do you hate them? I'm not I'm not a huge fan of them myself, but why do you hate them? I don't know. There's the, the two storylines that I can't ever get behind are like mafia stuff and prison stuff. It's something about just the unnecessary cruelty and, and the way that we've, it's like, we know these stories, we know these tropes, they never really change. And I thought this was a completely refreshing, like we're not going to get into any of that because we don't need to. Yeah. I guess for me, like prison just seems awful. Like a show like Oz, it's like, why would I want to watch that? That just seems like the worst. Like I'm, I'm not interested in that kind of drama. I want, I, I live my life in such a way that I hope to never experience it. You know? It means um, I don't ever want to get caught. I mean, but yeah. to me, the first rule of any prisoner is, is to escape. And so I guess I bring that to every prison story. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get to the prison story, so we're, we're going to be talking about Andor episodes seven through 10 episode seven, a little bit of standalone is kind of like an aftermath episode after the heist on uh, Aldani there which I thought was like a really good episode. It's also the only one that's credited to the original showrunner. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was just like, it says he wrote it, but it's like, did he actually write it? Or is that just like, we owe you an episode credit or something? Right. Right. Um, well, like a uh, aftermath slash prequel to the next storyline. Yeah. Cause in, uh, there's been a lot of interviews like Tony Gilroy and a few of the other like writers and directors have gone and done a little like media tour after episode 10. It's, it's like, they know when they have like the banger episodes coming out, you know? Which is nice, actually, because I feel like the show hasn't gotten a ton of marketing from Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice that at least somebody at like Lucasfilm, like press, like knows, like, hey, this is like a major like cultural event episode. Like you should get somebody out there talking about it. Um, and I don't know. Did you read? Have you read or like listen to any of the interviews with Tony Gilroy? Sadly, I have not. He's there's one. I think it's like in Rolling Stone. I mean, he kind of he's saying some somewhat similar stuff in various interviews, but like. The one you can read on Rolling Stone is like really refreshing in how candid he is versus so many other like, uh, you know, Star Wars properties like where it just like there, there's like people are they've been so reluctant to say anything. You know, it's like, oh, we can't give anything away at all. We're so scared about spoilers or whatever, like can't even tell you a character's name type stuff. And it's like his, his interviews are just like he'll just like go into the process and be like, Oh yeah, we didn't even think about doing this until we were like, you know, on set. And they said, you know, no, it's COVID. You can't have that many people here. So we had to redo it. And like, it's, Hmm. it's just like, it's weird to like get this much detail uh, about a Star Wars show. And you're like, we just, we're not for a while. The only thing, the only bit I've seen is that somebody asked them, what is it they were actually making in the prison workrooms? And he said, or somebody said season two, (laughs) that's what they're making. Yeah. Oh, I think they've asked, which like, I did, presume it's Death Star stuff. Did Kino? I mean, maybe, maybe not. Like, I th- it doesn't really matter, is the thing. I think people have been so conditioned by yeah. recent Star Wars properties to assume everything's some sort of Easter egg, but it doesn't ultimately matter what they're making. Well, 
it's not just recent Star Wars stuff. I mean, like the prequels had a lot of like, here's the thing yeah. we've been working on. It's the fucking Death Star. Yeah. Well, th- that was like so random in the prequels too when that happened. Yeah. You're like, uh, okay, that's weird. Um, but I, I think they, they asked him like, does Kino Loy make it? And he's like, I don't know, maybe, you know, sure. You know, but it's like, it doesn't matter. The point of the, yeah. the point of that arc is not, maybe he secretly lived and, you know, he like, he becomes, becomes deformed Snoke. and becomes yeah. Snoke. Yeah. It's yeah. like, that's not the point of that character. Um, no, that ending is, is perfect. Mm-hmm. And cause there is no time to process it. You yeah. Know, cause like, just and or. Like, could have easily been like stick with me uh, you know swim on my back or whatever you know and it's like the whole point of uh, and, it, and this is where the prison trope comes in though and the, the riot and everything is when he gets bumped off that thing it's like there's no time for them to process it mm-hmm. i guess they they did a couple different takes where they played uh andy circus's reaction like bigger oh, quieter really? you know um i love this reaction but I don't, I don't want to talk about that too much yet because we'll get there but yeah i love that let me just say this about andy circus because when you read his name it's totally fine the problem with saying his name out loud is you're saying the word circus. Circus? Yeah. yeah. I never noticed that, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, his character's name is Kino Loy. I mean, he's, he's pure Kino, you know? No, I don't know. You give me, you give me nothing on that. You know, Kino is like like cinema. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, but episode seven is a lot of Mon Mothma stuff, which is just like delicious. I think that's mm-hmm. the one where she like meets Tay, Tay Colma. And it's like, keep smiling. I'm going to tell you about how, like, oh, you think your politics are a little bit too much for me? Like, <laughs> sit down, motherfucker. Okay, I do have a question that does tie mm-hmm. into the more recent episode, but it, it all ties into that, too. I need to know, and I'm, I'm sure you know, and I need you to explain to me, what the fuck is their marriage thing from their planet? I mean, it's an arranged marriage. Oh, okay, like, okay. Because the way they're talking about it, I was like, it feels like it's more than an arranged marriage. But yeah, that makes a lot of sense for her and her husband. I I assume because she has a lot of her own money uh-huh. and I assume that he must be some from some sort of like noble family or something yeah. like that on Chandrilla that like they're they're both of a certain cast, you know. Okay. Um and so obviously they they married when they were very young. I think like I think they say at one point it was like 14 or 15 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause she was like a Senator very young as well. And so it's like this arranged marriage. And if there ever was love, it's certainly been lost. Yeah. Um, although I don't know. I, I was arguing to someone online about this. Do you think that Mon Mothma hates her husband? Or no. do you think it's more just like Ugh, this guy? Yeah. I think, it, I think it's, it's just been a slow eroding frustration mm-hmm. and she's, She's far too good at just dealing with things. Because I, I, I feel like lately I've been noticing this a lot in fandoms where they're just like, oh, man, this guy's a fucking villain. And it's like, I mean, he's kind of a shit heel, And he's uh-huh. like, he just wants to not think about like he like whines that like people are getting too political, even though he's married to a senator. But like, I feel yeah. like it's like you need to be able to like say like, we really like this guy, but he's not like an out and out fascist or anything. Right, you know? right. It's like, we yes, have. he's he's ignoring the fascism around him, which isn't good, but it's like there there has to be like levels of, you know, gray here that you can see. Well, especially since this show does feature the fascist workplace drama mm-hmm. already. But like, no, I think he's the boyfriend from Midsommar, but like if he dressed like a Hunger Games <laughs> Jedi samurai. You I know, love like, his look. 
Like yeah, he almost a, looks like a he's cosplaying as a Jedi at that like dinner party. Well, you you know exactly who this fucking guy is mm-hmm. the moment you see his look. I just to me like what really unlocked this character for me is when he's when Vel is visiting and it's just like oh I hope you haven't gotten political. It's like so boring and like yeah. you're married to a senator, but in his mind a senator is like just like kind of like a position that befits your station. You yeah. know, it's it's like an ambassadorship or something. It's like the idea that like a senator would get political is like how how gauche, you know, like, yeah, that's yeah. not something that that our people think about. Well, and he's not paying attention at all to what she's daily fighting for against the empire. I mean, I'm not even talking about like the the rebellion, mm-hmm. just the the overreach. Yeah, that she's continuously fighting for. Um. The fucking the fucking vacation planet that Andor's on in that that episode. Is oh hilarious. man, it's like Space Miami or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like a just the floozy in in bed there asking yeah. him to like get the greeny greens. Like she's de- definitely talking about drugs, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, I'm tired of I'm tired of talking about spice in Star Wars. This is this is something new. Greeny greens. Yeah, I mean, we don't He's know how long it's been. Like I don't know, a month or so. Like it's yeah. just been like. You know, like plowing hookers and like doing drugs for like a month straight. It seems like it's uh, it's the it's the James Bond in at the beginning of Skyfall after the 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 opening. You know, or he's just like might as well be drinking like some kind of scorpion drink off of his hand or whatever. Yeah, um, and then he, it's the slow. I I didn't fully pick up on the changes that the Empire was making that obviously become present in the next three episodes about. Like a prison sentence that would normally be six months is now six years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the P O R D. Um, I can't remember what that stands for, but I remember that acronym. Like the new sentencing guidelines. Like he mm-hmm. he inadvertently screws himself with the heist, you know, because like he basically is like, all right, I've got my money, I'm out, you know, like he's not reading. Like everyone's like, oh, Nimix manifesto. It's like he's not reading it, you know. Yeah, I think yeah. it might be in his little like box that he's hiding above the shower, but like he's clearly just like off doing his own thing. Um, that was the episode. Episode seven has that like classic line where he says, you know, like, his mom, Marva's like, go find peace. And he's like, I won't be at peace. I'll be worried about you constantly. And she says, well, that's just love. Nothing you can do about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This, this, this show will just like toss off these like fantastic lines, like left and right. Like there were so many just from the, the latest episode, uh, the prison break one. And again, like, there's something about building real sets, like having actors interact with a real thing, mm-hmm. even if they're not really interacting with it. It doesn't feel as it, it feels like the lived in Star Wars like we're used to from the original movies. Um, I mean, Ferrick seems like a shithole, but like, it's not the worst shithole we've seen in the Star Wars universe, too. True, true. So I've read that, like. So they are using some of the, I think it's called like stagecraft technology, whereas mm-hmm. like stagecraft is basically like it's the LED screen. It's using like the Unreal Engine to generate environments and mm-hmm. it's syncing that with camera movements. So that is stagecraft. The volume is basically taking stagecraft and like making a full like box that you're screen. in. Yeah. And so they've, they've been using stagecraft in like like on Mon Mothma's apartment, you know, or house or whatever you want to call that, like. The, the windows will be like stagecraft, you yeah. know, to to simulate like the the view outside. But they're not doing like the full volume thing, which right. it's like, well, obviously you still built the whole set. You're just like filling in like backdrops and whatnot, which, but it makes like, a huge difference. 
like Luthen and, and what's her name round a corner and they're walking towards a building and that building is actually there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, there's so many elements that I just I want that show on its own. I want the Lufin and Clea show. Where they're, they're just like proprietors. Oh, I mean, Clea is a fascinating character because it at first you're like, oh, she's just like his assistant. But like yeah. now you're like, it kind of seems like neither of you outrank the other. You know? Right. Like it it seems like whatever whatever hierarchy there is in this nascent rebellion, like they're both full members. Well, it's bizarre because you know he's playing a role of the proprietor of this antiquities business. Mm-hmm. I have to wonder if like, cause he seems like a hardcore ass mercenary when he's out doing his thing that, that even she doesn't see. Cause she, it's almost like in the back room, she treats him like he's kind of an old fuddy duddy, a rebellion fuddy duddy. But then it's like, well, he's like fucking Batman speech at mm-hmm. the end of the last episode. It's like, does she know that he's that fucking hardcore? Because she seems pretty tough as nails herself. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, her I mean, conversation with Vel is fascinating. I think that's in seven. Yeah, we've seen her get out of the thing a little bit. I wonder if she does full field work like he does or not. But yeah, yeah. That I don't know if this was just me watching that scene. I mean, first of all, the Clea Leia, like you know, yeah. phenonym is is kind of weird. But like that first shot where she's like getting on like a like a space subway or whatever. Mm-hmm. like to go meet val for like a half second i was like wait is that leia like like i was like s- about to like be like full dork stars being like holy shit they like recast leia like because mm-hmm. i like i feel like this show would do that and not make a big deal out of it you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like because she kind of looks like carrie fisher especially yeah. like when she's kind of like hooded and everything um, well at, at one point you know because uh, having waited uh, a few weeks between some of the storylines to watch them all at once in the in the in the shop, it sounds like he's saying Leia. Yeah, yeah. And my mind, my stupid mind, was just like, oh, I guess it's a common name. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know why you would name another character Leia because I couldn't make out you saying Clea. Anyway, she's great. The way that she's like kind of bossing him around at times in their mm-hmm. shop is fascinating. Um, well, her meeting Val, like that was like, whoa! Like I was not expecting her to meet no. me with Val there. That that whole sequence of her walking from like the subway across like that was all like really amazing looking i love the way that they're portraying coruscant and then well, like just for her to see val and val's like totally made up like coruscant like style yeah but also just like the the chalk like little signs to let them know it's it's so old school and it still feels that kind of i don't know like vichy france spy thing mm-hmm. um I love that yeah. they decided to like continue the idea that the empire isn't really like or not not the empire but i guess it's just like the galaxy far far away isn't really like a networked society mm. you know like even though they have droids like they don't have facial recognition you know they don't have biometrics or stuff like that my god yeah it's it's cuz it, you know that stuff didn't exist in the 70s and i feel like it it places nice limitations where like you can't always be like some of the stuff the the sequels did would be kind of annoying where it's like somebody's on a completely different planet mm-hmm. and in a different solar system, you know, but they can still like communicate via comlink and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's like, this seems like too easy. Yeah. The thing that, that, uh, um, Oh God, what's her name? Clay. Adrian Arjona. Oh, um, Bix. Bix. Like Bix when Kaleen. she climbs up that like silo, I kept wondering, is this, 
the nature of technology for communication or is it the nature of technology for like a, a coded communication that can't be tracked, but clearly they do track it. They um, pick up signals. They don't, they don't yeah. know what's being said, but yeah, they, they pick up the signal for sure. Yeah. Um, it all, I don't know. It all just feels very old EU to me. Like my old EU heart is just like, hell yeah. Like this is, this is what I've been looking for for so long. But you, you brought up a great point that I never, I never like consciously thought about just the idea that we will not, eclipse the technology past what was easily dreamable in the 70s mm-hmm. it is and the show is very true to that i don't even know if i fully feel like uh obi-wan was true to that well, i mean we we see like a news broadcast i think in episode seven is it i think it's in episode seven like about the aldani raid i, th- I think so and it's it's kind of like yeah like in the 70s you had the news on tv right. Um, and, and there was a theoretical idea that they can, they can do hologram calls and whatnot, like phone calls, you know, but like mm-hmm. they don't, it's like, they're not like doing biometrics on Cassian so that when it's captured under one name, they figure out that it's, it's this other guy, you know? Oh, and, and just instant facial recognition. I mean, yeah. they have his face. Mm-hmm. We don't really see holographic calls. I think on the show, we've only They've seen zero masturbating over that holographic image of Cassian's face. Well, what do you think's in his private box? Oh, Cyril is Cyril's a character. A, Cyril's a great Rorschach character. To yeah. like, I feel like there's some, some podcasts I listen to, they're really holding on to the idea that like Cyril and Mira or Deidre Mira are going to be like redeemed and join the rebellion. And I'm like, no, I don't want that. I don't know about that. It seems Seems a little like I don't know that Tony Gilroy is that kind of writer. Let me put it that yeah. way. You know, I don't want that. But do I want that disgusting romance? Fuck yes, I do. I I wouldn't be surprised if they did basically like a Travis Bickle ending to Cyril, where he just like murders Deidre or something. You know? oh, like ra- just like randomly, like on her way to work or something, or like gets in the way. Like I I don't know where they're going with that, but yeah, those I, two are are sick and fun. I would not be shocked if he's like hunting Andor and he finally captures him and gets real close and you think he's going to shoot him and he ends up like kissing Andor at this point. But um, I'd like him. What do you think of Cinta? Um, she's interesting. So this is Vel's like girlfriend. Yeah. Kind of. Um, the, uh, the, the rebellion gets everything and then we get, what's, we get left. what's left. Yeah. I mean, she's, I think when we first met them on Aldani, we're like, well, Vel is like, She's Dominant. like an OG and yeah. Cinta is just like, oh, she's like this like quiet medic. You know, it's like yeah. she's kind of like the one it's like, hey, careful around her. You know, like she's like the sensitive one. But it's like, no, no, that's not it at all. Like, no, Bell is, you know, it's like, oh, you're just like a rich girl, like, you know, looking to rebel type thing. And, and Cinta's in it. Which which a great which a great setup though did we find out Vel's actual situation that she's basically cousins with Mon Mothma? There were so many theories that she was Luthen's daughter and it's like no she's Mon Mothma's cousin and people like never guess that at all. Hmm. Well I mean uh, how would you but like yeah. uh, I, I mean making her Luthen's daughter is hardcore in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah does, does it, doesn't she repeat the line to Mon Mothma about the rebellion gets it all and we get what's left? A very similar line yeah. yeah. There, there's a lot of that where like stuff that Luthen says to Andor, he then will repeat to um, uh, Kino Loy, you know, and then mm. Kino Loy says it, you know, like in his big speech. So, yeah, I think they've been very clever about the way ideas are communicated. Yeah. I don't know. It's. 
it's it's just it's the, so it's the wire in, in space so i'm mean, trying to think was there anything else from episode seven which is kind of like a standalone thing i mean i i don't remember episode seven as much now but yeah i mean we're wrapping up we're not, we're not even wrapping up because we, we'd still continue on with ferrix into the next three but we're wrapping up stuff with the mom and and or and then he gets arrested and so the Miami. mom is like inspired by the heist and he's not telling her that he was involved you know, because yeah. I think at this point to him, because he's like, oh, this is just a robbery, you know, like he doesn't really consider it to be a symbol, a, a, a symbol the way it's yeah. clearly being interpreted. He's not like bought in yet. He just like goes to space Miami to, to have sex and well, do drugs. And, and is this is that the one or is it the next couple where Luthen you see Luthen and Mon Mothma have their two different perspectives on how you do this? And Luthen has got very much the. Uh, like the the IRA he's an accelerationist yeah because he's just like no it people need to suffer it needs to get worse in order to inspire the rebellion yeah that's in episode seven where she's just like did you do this and it's it's really interesting that whenever anyone asks him that he usually denies it yeah you know I think is that the one with Saw I can't remember if it's that or the next one where he goes to meet Saw Gerrera, oh yeah and they're both just like well surely you did this and he's like oh you're too kind you know like, yeah yeah I, you're just saying that because you did it which yeah. is which is smart because you y- you have to keep a lot of this decentralized, and like but so Saw Gerrera's whole thing is that he's the guy who's like too radical for the rebellion, right? Yeah, and he's uh, I think they call themselves the partisans, like mm-hmm. they're anti separatist. I think I can't remember if he's anti separatist or anti republic, but he's like he's part. There's, there's all these factions out there that are not. Like they're very like it's like they're really anti separatist or they're anti this or that, but they're not like a cohesive rebellion against the empire. Like they all have their own political goals, some of which are like completely opposite. You know, it's like liberty. They just happen to be shooting a lot of the same people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, so that they're talking about a third party. That third party is the one Anton that Krieger they, that they're using as the honeypot. Yeah, Anton right? Krieger is the okay. uh, the other guy. Do we actually see? I don't, we don't see Anton. Krieger, we have not right? met them yet. I don't know if we ever will because it sounds like they're He's all dead. about to get hung out to dry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the the prison arc, which is eight, nine, and ten, I feel like we can just talk about like so the the three main plot lines we have running. We have the Mon Mothma stuff, which is like she's trying to she's recruited this take home a guy who's like an old friend from Chandrilla who she like they need to. Um, like cover up some money that was moved basically. Um, and from Aldani. Yeah. Well, well, no, no, not, it's not, it's not Aldani related. It's just Mon Mothma has taken like 400,000 credits from her personal fortune okay. and like tried to move it to this charity. But like the empire's new restrictions, like the PORD stuff is like, they're going to find out eventually that she's moved this money. And so she okay. needs to cover it up. She needs to put the money back. And so she's going to need a loan from this, um, was it like Davos Skuldoon or something like that? It's yeah, like yeah. This kind of gangster. Davos scumbag. You yeah. think he's going to be like Job the Hut when he shows up? But he's really not. He's like, you know, just oh, like but some he's kind of slick talking. He's the perfect level of smarmy and sleazy. Oh yeah, he's he's kind of like new money, like sleaze, for sure. Yeah, it, all he wants is an invite back to one of her <laughs> parties. Well, that's not all he wants. He wants to bring his son. True, true. He true. wants a uh, an arranged marriage, and I think it's like. He knows he he knows that he can ask for this. Like I feel like this would be this is an outrageous ask for someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's like everybody knows that this guy is like is corrupt and shady. Yeah. Like er, anyone in Chandrilla would know that. Like so, if she like doesn't arrange marriage with this guy. That's gonna look really bad for her. 
But like well, he, she kind he's, of he's will, to... she'll have to though because he knows that she must be desperate to come to him, and so he knows that like he's kind of got her you know by the ringer there. Right. It, it doesn't matter what she's doing. The fact that she's coming to him, he knows how desperate she is, and mm-hmm. he's trying to buy legitimacy. Yeah, yeah. And he can. Uh, this is he's like new money obtained through illegitimate means, but this is his way of forcing himself into you know the the upper crust society here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's Cyril who ties into the, the, the mirror Sierra, the creep. Yeah. Um, um I don't know where job. they're going with him, which I really like. I, I like that. We can't slot this into a simple, Oh, this is a redemption arc, or this is his villain origin. Like we really don't know where they're going with him. He could, I feel like he could go in any direction right now. Yeah. He's, he's come onto the radar. He's got his new job. His mother's very pleased. He's come onto the radar of Mira and her investigations. He's so inspired he's by her. He's just been he's, filing reports about Cassian in yeah. relation to his fuel purity standards job, like constantly just like trying to do like whatever he can to like put the word out about Cassian. Yeah. I mean, he's almost at the uh, uh, making her mixtape levels of obsession with her. Oh yeah. And I love the, the fucking sneer, the shock on her face when he's waiting for her on her walk to work. Uh, this actress is fantastic. Like, oh, don't yeah. ever redeem this character. Like, this is perfect. What I love about her character is it's like we're totally rooting for her in this kind of like workplace drama. Yeah, yeah. And yet she is uh, like an out and out fascist who works for like the Empire's version of like the SS. You know, it's yeah. like, and it's like you have to be capable of holding both those ideas in your head at the same time. You know, well, it's 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 the thing on Mad Men. Like, regardless of what you thought of what Don Draper did, he's very good at it. Mm-hmm. So you you were propelled along, wanting to watch him succeed. Well, she's written as a protagonist for yeah, for at yeah. least the first you know few episodes with her. Like, even even though she might morally be an antagonist, the their structure within the show is she is a protagonist. Which is why when she comes across the interrogation of Bix, it's like, oh, this is weird. Now she's the antagonist. Which I mean, Game of Thrones is really good at doing that, making you like like these two characters. Are on opposite sides and bringing yeah. them together. Whoa, the the Bix interrogation. Mm-hmm. What what are those children crying sounding like? <laughs> I mean, it's it, that's a classic. It's better to use your imagination yeah. thing. You know, you don't actually need oh. to hear it. And as we zoomed into her, and like the soundtrack started to go out, I thought, oh shit, they're going to play some noise for us. And I was like, so glad that we just see her break. I don't know if you've seen it, but there have been some great little like meme edits of that, where it's like it'll oh. start playing like Nickelback or something. Yeah. <laughs> cut my life into pieces yeah, yeah. um but yeah uh, i don't think i mentioned this in the last episode but denise go the um the the actress there who plays miro um she is the voice actor for yennefer in the witcher 3 um oh. and maybe the witcher 2 i'm not sure um but like i knew she, there was something familiar about her and like that's it and it's like it just made me wonder like why don't they just have her playing yennefer in the show i don't know <laughs> like Nothing against Anya Chalatra, but like, obviously she's, you know, um, Denise Goh is like a great actor. So interesting detail. I just read when I was reading the articles about people trying to figure out what the fuck is going on with The Witcher. Mm-hmm. Um, they cast Yennefer before they cast Cavill. Okay. Well, that's that's because that showrunner is obsessed with the Yennefer character. Like, it's not, yeah. it's not very subtle, really, that like, that's what she wants to tell a story about is so is it really just do you think just like a a difference of opinion about how they're doing the 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 witcher character like that's why cavill left i'm sure it was like hey i could keep doing this or i could go make superman money again like they want me back as superman 
but I'd have to like, you know, lessen my commitments to the Witcher. Yeah, I'm all in, you know, like I'm I'm sure if like if he was just absolutely loving the Witcher and everything they're doing, that would be a harder decision for him. But it sounds like he's not really happy with the direction the show has gone. It's like, yeah, I'll I'll just go make Superman money again. Like, why am I why am I slate? Like, you got to think it the shoot is just as long for the Witcher as it would be for a movie. You know, yeah. and it's all in like Eastern Europe and shit. And he's probably not making as much as he'll make doing Superman. So I just can't believe I'm sure that they saved a lot of money by going the direction they went. But they can't believe that people are going to get excited about your third like Hemsworth. Brother. Yeah, Liam, Liam Hemsworth is a bizarre casting. Like that guy hasn't even been anything in like years. Like it's like you couldn't find anyone else. I don't know. That's that's weird. Quite frankly, I'm I'm shocked that Chris Hemsworth doesn't just take the role. I mean, I'm sure he's got Marvel commitments, but like, it's like Chris Hemsworth, you've tried to I, build something outside of Thor and it's failed. You might as well just go be the Witcher. I mean, if I were Cavill, I'd be like, you don't want it, dude. Trust me, you're, you're oh, too big sure. for this. Yeah, sure, sure. But like, or again, Keegan Allen, you might as well <laughs> yeah, go. Sure. Is you know, like Walker remake or something. I think so. Yeah. If that show survives, whatever fucks happening at the CW. But I mean, like, I think you're almost better off of going for a. a I would argue that Keegan Allen would be an unknown property to the most of the people who are fans of the show. Yeah. Like oh, as yeah, opposed sure. to this guy from the hunger games that's like, Oh, we know what we're getting and, and we're not thrilled. I mean, like, like uh, what's his name? Hemsworth. Um, Luke, Luke, Luke. Really? There's, there's Chris, there's Luke and there's Liam. Okay. Yeah. So Luke Hemsworth, he honestly seems like the guy I would bring in if I was doing like a funnier die Witcher skit, mm-hmm. you know, like anyway. Yeah. That's bizarre casting. But anyways, Andor, um, the prison is so dystopian and like crazy. I, I love the construction of it. Like the electrified floors and everything, the way they're all just like wearing these kind of like no shoes, you know, like scrubs with no shoes constantly the weirdness of what they're building in that like no one's really sure about. Yeah. It's great. Like sprocket. Might as well just be sprockets. Okay. So mm-hmm. the day and the night crew, not only share a workroom, they share sleeping quarters. I believe not so. At the same time. Yeah. It's, it seems like, right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't even seem, I don't know if like they're assigned one or you just take one. I mean, I assume they all go to the same one every time, but it doesn't seem like it, it matters which one they go to. It seemed like where they put Andor the first time was different because eventually he's like right across from Kino. Yeah, he, he says he's like right over next to Kilo, Kino and um, Melish. Melish? I can't remember. What's that guy's name? Melshi? Whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Kino, it's fascinating because he's like, his whole thing is just like head down. My sense is almost up. I just, need to, I just need to get to the end of the other line. Also, seemingly he thinks that they're listening constantly. And I think the beauty Nobody's of that listening. second episode... Yeah. Is it no one gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I I saw an interesting analysis of Kino and that he's like for him, his release, it's like the afterlife. And it's like it's like him learning that there is no release is like realizing that God doesn't exist, that there is yeah. no afterlife to go to. And he has to process that. You know, he thought, like, I just have to put in my time here and then I, I you know, move on to the a higher plane where I'm free. And it's like, mm. that's, that's not happening anymore. It doesn't exist. There is no afterlife, you know, it's the show is so fucking, this is the guy from house of cards, right? Who wrote this? Bo uh, Wilma. Yeah. Yeah. He's so good about just getting you understanding this world, this vernacular, everything. Like every time the computer be like on program, it's like, I know what on program means now. Like mm-hmm. I, 
it's so fucking good. And the, the fucking old guy, the old guy is just like, he Ooh, might as well have like a death counter over his head the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that guy. And they really like, they they did the work, which I feel like so many shows don't do now. It's just like the little things you can see in the episodes before that he's having a hard time, you yeah. know, and you're like, oh, that's going to go somewhere. And it does. It's like, it's, yeah. it's basic stuff that the show is like, it's just so much like the writing is so much smarter and it trusts the audience to like be smart and to, to kind of understand what's going on without having everything spelled out for them. You know, like, oh God, it's this. I just, I, I don't know how I can watch another Star Wars show now after watching this. And like, like that was always my problem with like rebels. Like they'd like, you know, like the stormtroopers would show up and they'd be like, blast them. And they're like 10 yards away and right. like 20 stormtroopers open fire and none of them get hit, you know? And it's like, this is not that, this is not rebels, you know? It's like when they stage their uh, prison break, a bunch of dudes just get shot. Like the one yeah. guy is like, uh andor's like partner who's like waiting on the other side yeah, yeah you know he's he's like been communicating with him like this is how we're gonna do it that guy dude just gets shot and you're just like oh yeah, yeah. damn okay because he's on the wrong side to yeah. be seen by the guard yeah yeah it's it's so fucking good and, and like this is a you know it's diminished because obviously twitter's a ghost town but like it was interesting to log in every day and just see people fucking cheering over I don't know how many how many like parade celebratory tweets I saw of just never more than twelve God, such a good line. It just that line, like they could have just had, you know, how many guards are on each level? He could have just said twelve, but like the never more than twelve communicates so much that it's like it's it's a low number. It's saying he's in on he's in on the 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 cause now, and that like maybe he's been thinking. Well, maybe he's been thinking this this whole time. You know, he he knew the count, and he says never more than twelve, as though he's he's been counting a lot. And always noticing that there's never more than 12 there, you know, like the, yeah. the, the way he answers it tells you so much about like this deep in the dark recesses of his, Kino's mind. He's been maybe planning this the whole time. Yeah. 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 Everything about the prison is it's horrifying. Like the fact that they fry a whole level just because they like, I, I assume that like the, the I don't know if this is like a new thing with the PRD where they're not letting people go. Or if they just screwed up and like put a guy in the wrong place, they were supposed to send him to a different prison or something. That's a good point. It's never it's never spelled out. I think yeah. you you could read it's the PRD, but you don't know for a fact. Mm-hmm. So they basically sent one guy back by accident. They sent they sent a dude back to another like um what's it called uh workroom like like similar level workroom with, with like new you know prisoners who don't know that you don't get released basically. Yeah, yeah, and then the word spread like, "Hey, you're never getting out of here." And people are like, "What? Yeah. What the fuck?" Yeah, so they fry everyone, mm-hmm. which is interesting. How how do they then disseminate them once their sentence is quote unquote over to to repopulate the prison, the work prison? Um, yeah, I didn't realize when we first came into that planet that there was land. So when they when they make that that jump, I was kind of like, "It's gonna be swimming to what?" Um, but yeah, yeah the I mean, episode, I mean, is is you you know what's going to happen, but it's, it's there's a thrill in actually watching the riot happen, and the, just like that one like ginger guy, I don't know his name, but like he just he'll just get shot and die, and you're like, oh dang, sorry, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Well, the, you get to the, the one new control- guy, like the the oh. new guy they're bringing down, he's like so terrified, you know, he's like yeah. shaking. And then, like, as soon as it's on, he, like, grabs a thing and starts, like, electrocuting the guard. And then he just gets shot. And he's yeah. dead. Like, yeah, I just, 
I love that they're they're willing to have these stakes and these consequences. Well, and, and a sequence that I didn't really think about a lot until this all wrapped up was when Andor's first introduced, like before he takes the elevator down, and it's like they're pissed off because like the one guy was late because of something else. It's like this is not a top notch operation being run, and they don't give a fuck because it's 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 worked so far. Yeah, the the episode where he's where he's like the intake episode where he rides uh-huh. at the prison was fascinating to me. Like he can like he's he's like traumatized almost at like what's happening to him you know it's like he you can see him he's looking around constantly he's trying to like look for any detail he can use you know it's mm-hmm. like oh the like the shift change and like the way the guards like weren't all on the same page and whatnot it's like he's looking around everywhere but it just seems hopeless you know it's like he barely has like it might have like five lines of dialogue in that whole episode but he's yeah. just like so like kind of shell-shocked by what's happened to him Oh, and the the warden has a line that's like it's a pretty nondescript line, but it's chilling when you really think about it. It's like your time is set, but the quality of that time is up to you. Mm-hmm. That's fucking dark, man. Well, I mean, you can if you work hard and you win the day, you get flavor. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> flavor and taste. Yeah, and uh, if you're the you know the the bottom of the stack ranking, you get electrified. Just as you know, just a little light torture for you. Yeah. Yeah, I like I, I in one of the interviews, Tony Gilroy is saying like, hey, we love prison movies. We've seen, you know, we we and the writers like we've seen them all. We, we didn't want to do it unless we could come up with something really good for ourselves. You know, we we wanted to break our own ground in like the prison movie genre, basically. And I, I think, think they, they did. Yeah. Yeah, I think they do. Um, and so much so that like you, you, you don't get Mira or. Well, you do, you do get mirrors like very Mira. briefly in the in episode you get one, 10. Yeah, you get the one Mon Mothma, the one mirror. You get no Cyril. Um, but yeah, and then because it's 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 Luthen and it's the it's the riot, it's the escape. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that that Luthen ending, that monologue. Oh my god! Well, I mean, first we have the Kino monologue. You know, like yeah. encouraging everyone to to get to safety. Um, do we do we want to talk about the can't swim? I mean. What did he? Th- I, I, it's 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 fascinating. I mean, it's heartbreaking. What did he think? I I feel like we haven't praised Andy Circus enough here. Like I'm like probably like four to five times more in on Andy Circus as himself or as yeah, as a action. human as a live yeah. action Andy Circus than as like the characters. I mean, it's great that he's such an expert at mocap and whatnot. But like, I really like him just as an actor. Like, I love him in the Prestige. Um, like he was doing so much just like with his eyes, like the haunted look he gets when he realized that like, they're like, you know, electrified a whole like hundred people, you know, and it's just like yeah. the fear in his eyes. And then when he, um, when he comes out to like the, you know, they're, they've arrived at like the precipice where they're about to jump in the water before it, the look on his face. Like I knew it before he said it, like I suddenly realized just from his act, I was like, Oh shit, he can't swim. You know, yeah. it's like, I, I realized before he even said it. And then he goes, I can't swim. And it's just kind of like, it's almost like this like amusing like moment for him the first time he says it, you know, it's, it's, he knew the whole time that this was waiting for him, but it's like, I kind of interpret as like, maybe he forgot in the moment what was Mm -hmm. waiting at the end there. He was just like, so focused on like helping everyone. And then he's just like, ah, I forgot. I can't swim. Well, but just the leading up to that, that if I'm going to die, I'd rather die fighting them than helping them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and then just the the control room with the two you got the you got the guy who's like a little bit more in charge and the other guy on program. The other, 
Yeah, the other guy is just like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> he has the controls. Mm-hmm. They just, just shoot ple- the first guy. Yeah. Yeah. Just please don't shoot me. Like, mm-hmm. and then like you see like as they're running down the hallway, all of the the prisoners escaping. There's just a bunch of like guards just like cowered under a door, just, like hiding in a closet. Yeah. 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 yeah I li- Cassie being able to say on program to them was very satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> and just the the way it all happened so fast. He's like, I, I can't swim, you know. And then. Cassian, before he can even do anything, it just kind of gets like tackled yeah. off the the ledge, and that's it, you know. And it's it's yeah, it's because they're all like lemmings just running off that thing. And yeah. we don't need to know, you know, like we've the arc is perfectly closed there for Kino's character. Whether or not he survives isn't really the point, you know. It's yeah. that he did all this knowing that he, death was likely waiting for him at the end. Yeah, yeah, it's just so fucking good. Mm. Um. And then, I mean, I don't know. I think we've mostly talked about the Mon Mothma plot lines, right? Just trying to move the money around. Now she has to. Yeah. The, the, that's the first untruth thing you said. Like, that was a pretty good line there. Because yeah, he, yeah. he knows he has her. Um, and, I, I mean, it's there's the professional consideration. Like, what's it going to look like for Mon Mothma if she, like, doesn't arrange marriage with this guy? But I, I think, like, 90% of her, like, horror is, like, the the personal, like, it's like this is why we keep seeing her daughter around in these other episodes. Yeah. Just so that it really hits hard when it's like, hey, like and it's it's like a, this is a permanent thing. It's it's not just that her daughter is going to be in this arranged marriage that Mon Mothma probably would like very much want to avoid for her daughter. She doesn't want that for her daughter, but like an arranged marriage like a a mobster's kid. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like that's like like sentencing her for life to you know, not only an arranged marriage, but a potentially very dangerous and like, you know, corrupt one. Well, and, and I think that they've done a really interesting thing with, it's not like the daughter's scenes have been her like adoringly. We're looking up to her mother. Mm-hmm. Her daughter has a lot of friction with her. Her she daughter's clearly, a teenager. Yeah. But she clearly like sides of dad more mm-hmm. than mom. He's a cool. But dad. That doesn't, that doesn't matter. Oh, he's mm-hmm. he's way cool. Dad. <laughs> yeah. He's the dad who just like does whatever she wants. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like it doesn't matter that her daughter's like giving up friction and, and shit. It's like she's still I mean, look at where she is. You don't want to end up in this marriage. Yeah. But it's like uh, it's like this marriage would be like the good outcome for the daughter, yeah. I feel like. If you're arranged marriage to a mobster's kid. Yeah. Like you don't even know Especially what that's a Star Wars be. mobster kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the the Luthan Rail monologue. Oh, I've made my mind a sunless space. Share my dreams with ghosts. I mean, just the whole thing is so fucking epic. Like, maybe like like top three monologue in Star Wars history, oh, just on its oh. own. Yeah, fucking. I want. I'm gonna go watch it again right after we finish recording. Everything. Yeah, I've everything. I've watched it a few times. Just, I mean, just like the just imagining like the flames coming out of Tony Gilroy's like keyboard when he's writing that scene. Oh, yeah. you know? it's yeah. like it's like. So incendiary, you know, when I sacrifice well, everything. The way a good chunk of it is just the guy in the elevator. And it's like, uh, there's a version of this where he never has to see Luthen at all. And then when you get to the top of that thing and like Luthen is standing there with the, like a fucking blowing. Sith Lord. Yeah. Like, it's like, he looks like fucking Batman, mm-hmm. like hardcore's old Swedish Batman. And it just the, the, the way Stellan Skarsgård is an actor who, in his more uh, prestige American roles, I, I think he's filled a certain kind of role that's not been using all of his skills. Yeah, totally. But just the the way he's able to inject things and just like 
Oh, I've been thinking about you a lot, actually. You know, I think like, about you like, constantly. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's he's tapping into a little bit of his Gone Girl or not Gone Girl. Um, uh, drawing a blank. Uh, Girl with no, the Dragon, Dragon Tattoo. Tattoo. Yeah. 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 He's he's tapping into that character a little bit and just. I mean, it's it's dark shit. He is like, I, I'm using the tools of my enemy, yeah. you know, to like, I, I can't stop because of my ego, you know, this equation that I, I wrote years ago. It's like, it's really like, there will be, it's it's very much like the, um, the operative from Serenity. It's like, there's no place in the future yeah. for this guy, you know, if he's yeah, successful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't live in this future that I'm trying mm-hmm. to build. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very much just in the troubles. Like, that's what he's trying to, to, to. That's, I guess, that's where his playbook is coming from. Um, and I don't think we've seen a lot of indication with that guy in his, is it ISB like scenes? Oh, he, Lonnie. He's yeah. That he's. Wondering. I love that. Like we, like he's like he's a ginger and he's got a mustache, so he's recognizable, right? Yeah. And like we we that guy's just kind of like been around for a while. Yeah. And then like when we suddenly see him like going into like the Coruscant like underground in like street clothes, like it communicates so much. Suddenly you're like, oh shit, he's like a mole. He's the mole. Like it's because there's always a mole, you know? Right. And you're like wondering if it, who's it gonna be? And it's like, oh, it's that guy. Hell yeah. Well, because because of the scene that we saw of ISB earlier, we thought that the trap was the that third party not saw not the not uh, anton krieger yeah that's what we thought that the trap that lufin was going to go into but no it's this it's meeting this guy it's not a trap at all but like mm-hmm. it's meeting this guy is where he's going mm-hmm. um yeah and uh, let me see I, I think i found the dialogue here some of this stuff is just i'm condemned to use the tools of my enemies to defeat them i burn my decency for someone else's future i burn my life to make a sunrise i know we'll never see no, the ego that started this fight will never have a mirror or an audience or the light of gratitude. So what do I sacrifice? Everything. There's holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's like, you know, it's, it's evil in a way. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally willing to go there. Uh, what, where, what else would defeat? Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, like you, this is what you push your, your people into. But I mean, I, I think that there's something very, I don't know, fascinating about the, him knowing that I, I don't plan to be in this society that I want to build. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. no place for me in it. Um, Yeah. And he's, he's using, you know, the tools of his enemies in order to bring about this, rebellion that's you know like luke and leia would never agree to these tactics you know they no. would they would be they'll like, never know that yeah. people like him existed mm-hmm. you know it's 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 adding a depth to star wars and star wars almost hasn't earned um <laughs> uh, fuck yeah yeah that that was just an all-time monologue um just damn i i've watched it several times now it's the the setting on like the railing and whatnot the way he just like He's like, I need all the heroes I can get. And he just like closes the door on Lonnie and like sends him away. Mm-hmm. And of course, needs all the heroes he get. You can cut to uh, Andor and Melshi there. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm curious to know where the next episode picks up. Like, how do they, how do they get off this planet? You know? Well, I, I feel like you almost don't even need to see it. Like, it would almost be gonna... better rather than trying to explain it. It might be better to just not show us. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're going to find a ship somewhere. It's it's just how it goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, um, in two weeks, we'll have uh, the last episode there. It's going yeah. to be very exciting. 
Can't wait. Yep. Uh, right. Anything else we need to cover? I think. Uh, so they're filming the Acolyte. We talked about it a little bit last time. Yeah. They, they had done about a two week period. I don't know, like a, like two months ago, three months ago, where they had announced a couple of the casting things. Now that they had that picture from like the, it looks like rehearsals. Yeah they, yeah, they dropped the full like here's here's the big bulk of the cast. Daphne Keen's gonna be in it, right? That was the interesting yep. one to me. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think we'd heard that. I know that some guy from like Squid Game was a big deal. Oh, and um, uh, what's his name? Um, Manny Jacinto's in it, right? Yeah, Manny Jacinto's yeah. in it. Um, so it's 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 nice to see a, a good diverse cast. Um, which a little Andrew has a little bit of, yeah, obviously. Um, I just like, I'm I'm really hoping that whatever they they got cooking for that is like more on the Ander side of things than the Obi-Wan side of things. You know, it's like, yeah. I just, I have to imagine like if you're one of these other writers or like, you know, show creators for Lucasfilm and you see Andor, or you're just like, well, shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, it, it, it just got me thinking, and I hope I didn't like show this in the last episode, but like uh, I'd seen a tweet talking about house, of, house, house of dragon, uh, house of the dragon like casting. Yeah casting and it's like it's awesome that they finally got like some diverse faces you know into westeros and like and playing characters who were you know written as white that they don't need to be white um but the problem with that is by being a prequel it tells you that something really bad happened in westeros i mean star wars doesn't really have that kind of baggage it's not like this quasi fantasy medieval setting you know it's, or anything it's, like it's, it's more humanoid that that yeah. was like it was like palpatine had like a xenophobia thing right mm-hmm. yeah well that, that's from the zon books i think i mean is. there's no aliens in the empire that we've ever seen i mean i think tony Gilroy kind of suggested that the xenophobia thing in one of those interviews is like still what's happening because mm-hmm. like one of the complaints about the show is like oh not enough like leap flops and it's like he's like yeah you know we're gonna try to do more of that next season but this is also like they wouldn't be at that prison you know or like they wouldn't be in the empire right right um but yeah i think star wars has an advantage there and or at least it should and that this is a completely science fiction like this isn't anything even roughly analogous to like any type of historical period so they can do whatever they want you know and people will complain of course they will but you know yeah British people are the villains. I mean, that's the only European. Haven't I just been saying like start casting more British people in Star Wars? I mean, yeah, yeah, they're getting it done. Quiburn is great casting. I mean, I kind of feel like this is the best show on TV right now, and it's not close. I don't know. Do you watch The White Lotus? I do. It's a different show. I tried. I can't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I'm just like I don't know why people like watching this. The White Lotus is good this is this is completely different in in heads and tails above i mean mm-hmm. i mean Stel- i I like to think we just saw Stellan skarsgård's acceptance speech i know? mean him denise go andy circus yeah. um i feel like they should all be in consideration for emmys uh the writing i mean i feel like this this should be like best dramatic series like situation I, we'll see if disney plus you know acknowledges it and pushes it I hope they realize what they have on their hands. Cause like, I feel like the, like this show was a little bit hindered by coming out like right in the midst of rings of power and house of the dragon. These like two major yeah. IP, like massive, you know, series, you know, that are coming back and, and, is kind of like, Oh yeah. And I guess that's out too. And it's like, 
like Rings of Power, I thought was like pretty bad. Like looked mm-hmm. nice, terrible writing. Hot D was like serviceable GOT. It, 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 you know, it's like GOT methadone. You know, it's like yeah, this this is pretty good. You know, it could be better. You know, not the highest of GOT, but it's pretty good. And then like Andor just like blows them completely out of the water. This show is like so much better. After every Hot D episode ended, I would have four or five things that were that I felt were wrong with that episode, and yet. I absolutely was looking forward to the next one yeah. like crazy. Where, but but I feel like the Andor, it felt like they were just kind of dumping it. Well, I mean, they did the three at once. I think just to like because they knew that the first episode or two was like kind of hard to get into without the third yeah. one there, you know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, at least they're starting to do some press right now. It's crazy to me that they don't put out. There's no like next time trailer. At yeah. the end of the episode, it's like Disney. What are you doing? Like this is like such a no brainer. Like to you build hype for the next episode. The way every episode ends, you got my ass. Yeah, I mean, you got me anyways. But it's like they could be doing so much more to market this show. Yeah, House of Dragon. I don't know. Maybe maybe this is a controversial take, but I I feel like they're missing Benioff and Weiss on that show. Oh, I, I think you're right. I think I, I think I, I, I know those guys are reviled and hated, but like they brought like a certain flavor and a spiciness that I think House of Dragon the, is lacking. The show that, is that and boobs. It's a reaction and an overreaction mm-hmm. to elements of Game of Thrones. Every every storyline, every dynamic. Yeah, my my hot House of Dragon take is that I think it needs more gratuitous nudity. Like, mm. not that I want to like force anyone to do anything they don't want to do, but like, there's a sleaziness to original GOT that like the horniness that I feel like has been missing from House of Dragon. Like, it feels too staid. You know, it's like I don't know. It's too like costume drama. Needs to be a little hornier. Well, and and it's too many characters to effectively share some of them and what they want with us. Like uh, at the end of season one, do you really know what Lady Misery wants? Who's Lady Misery? She's um the White Worm. The White Worm. Oh yeah, I have no idea what she wants. It's like I don't know if she like is on Team Black because she she was a paramour of. Uh, what's his face, Damon, Damon or Damon. she hates him now, and so she's on TV. Yeah, yeah I, I had no idea. Like, or she on the side of the small folk, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's it's. She has these big scenes. And we're supposed to be like, oh shit, but it's like I don't know who this character is. You're not mm-hmm. effectively delivering this character, um, and sometimes that works. Like the feet guy, we know what he's about. <laughs> See, I just, I mean, I they they implied a lot. They could have done even more. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I just want it to be even more filthy and gross. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about the finale of Ander. Looking forward to a two-part banger. They they said they're, that they bring it all together in this one, so it's like if things seem it's separate. Like I assume Cyril's got somehow going to be there in the in the final you know movement cool. of this plot. So I guess we'll see. Cool. All right. Well, until then, may the force be with you. Always. Always.